Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Raptors Over Everything podcast. My name is Amit Min. Rate, review, and subscribe on your podcast platforms and on YouTube. Give that a subscribe and like there as well. Javon joins me today to talk a little Raptors after they defeated the Miami Heat last night without Jimmy Butler, but nonetheless, a win's a win is a win. Uh, what's up, man? All good, man. You're right. A win's a win's a win, right? That's all that matters in it. At this point in the season, you know, winning, everybody coming yep. together and playing well, that's that's really all that matters. Funny I'm saying that when it was Kyle Lowry who was the first person who said a win is a win is a win, and he was the person that the Raptors beat <laughs> yesterday. Uh, always nice to have the the group back in back in the city, just seeing him around. There's a buzz in the arena. I'm not sure if you were there or not, but you can just feel it. You know when yeah. Kyle's there. Um, obviously, he didn't have the best game, nor did the Miami Heat. But I mean, no Jimmy Butler, and he's all coming off the bench. That's a separate conversation. Although we are going to get to it probably um, when we get into the playing conversation. Um, but first, yeah, just that Miami Heat game. Um, offensively, defensively. Uh, what caught your caught your eye? Uh, the Raptors, I mean, they displayed some really nice ball movement. Um, the Heat, obviously, because of their size issues, had to do a lot of doubling. And the Raptors, to their credit, they were passing out of, out of it pretty nicely. Yeah, I think when you look at that game, you could just see two teams that are, are built a little different, right? Obviously, you see yeah. the size of the Toronto Raptors and you know, the 6'9 or 6'8 and above that we've talked about for you know pretty much two years now. And then you could see Miami, just the, the quickness, right? And I think when, you know, Miami started to double the basketball in the post, that's where you got to see us really utilize that, that size, right? Passing out of those double teams that are coming on the bottom side and the ability to, to look and, and see, like, the court, see the view, have a mm-hmm. full court, make those plays out. But I yeah. was just really impressed with a lot of the play off of the ball, right? We talked about, you know, we've seen a lot of the, the passing on display and, and guys finishing at the basket, guys making shots. But the cutting off the ball really opens up a lot, right? Mm-hmm. And it, it tells me how engaged guys are, even when they don't have the ball in their hands and they're not the primary ball handler or the guy that that's, you know has the option of making choices or putting the ball on the floor. Um, and I, I think with that, uh, we saw Precious play a pretty good game compared to yeah, the last two months. Right. For me, that stuck out the most. You can talk about Scotty's assist. You can talk about OG scoring the ball. You can talk about Pascal scoring the ball. Like all those guys clicking at the right time on mm-hmm. in one game is rare. But just to see Precious come out and play with that conviction. And he just kept it simple. Right. Cutting to yep. the basket, getting dunks, hitting open shots. Um, and just that activity just allowed him to feel in rhythm and a part of the game. And I, I sure. thought for me, that was that's an important moment, especially going down this last stretch, this latter stretch, because I've always felt like you need him. You need a guy like that that can make big time athletic plays, can make can finish at the rim, um, mm. can be the first down the court and finish, uh, you know, beat opposing bigs and opposing teams just down the court on both ends of the floor. Yeah. Baseline, baseline. So. That to me was 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 pretty big time, and 
obviously the movement of the ball, right? When we see when this team, when they move the basketball, they, they score pretty fluidly. When the ball sticks, we have a little trouble there. So to get yeah. four or five guys clicking at the right time um, and all in the same game and have Precious contribute, I like that. Yeah, contrasting styles between these two teams. And it seems like obviously the Raptors style kind of uh, won that battle, so to speak. And we'll get to the defense in, in a moment. But uh, to your point, making those decisions fast and quickly um, and just knowing where the help is coming from, understanding that and also as a cutter, where are you cutting into? Are you cutting into space? Are you cutting into a spot where your teammate can't see you? Are you making yourself available? It's stuff like that that is imperative to a, a team like the Raptors that, you know, they're going to get their share of doubles of Pascal Siakam OG, especially against a team like the Miami Heat that are pretty small. The doubles are going to come, but how are you going to anticipate those? How are you going to handle them? And execute off of it and those decisions they have to be really quick you can't hold on to the ball because that's when you know the defense you do you're going right into their hands and uh, so a credit to og a credit to pascal yeah go ahead so I, i'll say this as well is that doubling is not a bad thing for an offense right because you're in if you invite that double and like you said you're making the passes and executing yeah. you think about it, you 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 attract two defenders you're playing three on two on the backside, mm-hmm. right so there, there's a lot of good things to come from that. Now, the execution out of that is where you have to, it's paramount. It has to be, you know, yeah. apparent that you're moving the basketball to the right place and not allowing it, not just forcing turnovers or tough shots, but it's not allowing the, the passes to get deflected. Because once you get deflections, yeah. you allow the defense to either have an opportunity to steal the basketball or recover and match back up. So, mm. so if you're the Raptors and we, we talk about their 6-9, you know, their length on the defensive end, on the offensive end, you have a lot of matchups that you can exploit. And if you're able yeah. to exploit them early, force double teams, now you have three-on-two situations on backsides. You can move the basketball, and guys just got to step up and make shots. And I think that's what we've seen against Miami. Mm. And it's important to get Bam away from the basket. And they're able to do that um, just because of the amount of ways that the Raptors can beat you. They have so many players that just have uh, like an outsized Miami. Like you got Tyler Hero out there. You got Kyle Lowry out there. You got Duncan Robinson out there. He made an appearance. Holy, hasn't played in like years, it feels like, but he was out there. And uh, if you get a Bam away from the basket, like you're putting them in a pretty bad spot. I mean, I just, I can't believe just like a side note on the Miami Heat. Like I can't believe how small they are. Like Jimmy Butler's not there. Obviously, that's a problem. But you can't look at this team, even with Jimmy, like unless he goes on some ridiculous run, which he is capable of. Yeah. Like this is not a team that's they're going to run into a problem at some yeah. point. It might be in the first round. It's funny because watching this game yesterday, I said Toronto just looks flat out better than Miami. Just completely, vastly better. Yeah. Right. And you think about that because this Miami team is was supposed to be a team that's that's uh, you know Eastern Conference contender coming into the season, and I'm looking at these the, both of these teams and I'm saying this is this is these are polar opposites in terms of yeah. talent, skill, physicality, athleticism. Like this is we're far more well rounded than mm-hmm. they are. Whether that be it because of the the, the subtle addition by a Pirtle or whatever the case may be, just and even the brand of basketball they're playing, they just don't look. And to your point. You know, Jimmy Butler wasn't in the mix. Yeah. But Toronto looked better. They looked more cohesive. They looked more fluid. And they just looked like a better team. Yeah. And what you want to see from them, like I I, I bring up this topic about the team because I'm saying that they're playing the Miami Heat. They're very small. Um, obviously, the Raptors are going to take advantage of that. But you, it's really important for this Raptors team to be able to time their cuts properly and to do them into space so they are actually being utilized properly. I said it once already. 
this team, like they, they don't have a very innovative half court offense. And so cutting is kind of part of their MO, right? You bend the defense, kick out, pass, cut, you make something happen. And yesterday, granted the passing angles were a little bit easier, right? Um, once you get Bam out of the play, things are going to go pretty well for you. I saw Jakopro, he had this like one pass to Pascal Siakam. Um, it was a pick and roll with uh, Fred Van Vliet and he just kept the ball. He started going towards the rim. Then Kyle Lowry came to help. And it's like, Jakob just like dropped the ball over the top into Pascal's hands. And it's like the size difference was crazy. There's, there's, there's no one on the, on, as a low man when you, once you get uh, Bam out of there. But uh, I, I think yeah, a big part of that too, to your, to your point, is yesterday was a prime example of, and we can talk about the ball movement, but we played smart. We played intelligent. Yeah. We weren't driving on top of drives. And a lot of times in the season, because we were – you know, so apprehensive to shoot the basketball, you'd have, you know, one player drive the basketball, you get a kick mm. out. And that next player from the pass out is driving right back on top of the defense. It's already in the paint because remember yeah. defense already collapsed from that initial drive. You kick out, not getting that extra pass and not getting, not taking open shots. And we just, you know, sometimes we resort back to our default as players just being comfortable. What's comfortable. What's the most comfortable. We have a lot of guys that slash and get to the basket. They were driving on top of those, those primary drives. Yes. Yesterday, you got the kickouts, you got the open shots, you got the advantage from the double. And sometimes you just, you got to kick out and you got an extra pass. And now you're forcing that defense to, to scramble and then you can penetrate again, which opens up the lanes more for these guys to take advantage of their athleticism and their length. So it was, you know, it was a, it was a wire to wire game in terms of they just, this, they flat out just won the game. And when, when Miami made their run, mm-hmm. you know, they were savvy enough and they're poised enough to get back into themselves and say, hey, let's stick to what worked. But I was just impressed with, you know what? Weren't forcing, was making shots, and more importantly, wasn't we weren't driving on top of drives. And so, and I think you can see it too, and you can attest to it too. There's, there's points in the season where the offense just looked tough or guys yeah. just look like they're taking tough shots and they're fighting to get shots up. But a lot of that is, you know, the pain is already convoluted. You can't really just yeah. dive in there. Yeah, and yesterday, um, to your point, they shot, what was it, 22% from three. The Miami Heat shot 30% from three, so a real shootout yesterday. Right. Holy. <laughs> and Jimmy Butler's not going to fix that one. So, I mean, if you take the Heat off the line, then you're going to be in a good spot defensively. And for the missing shots, like if Max Struess doesn't go off for, you know, 25 with uh, five threes, then, again, you're going to be in a good spot to stop this Miami Heat team. Um, on the defensive side of things, Going to that point, actually, um, I again, it's we're talking the same kind of conversation on both sides. It's your attention to detail, your focus and your ability to finish possessions and against the Miami Heat. And I, I just, you know, poo pooed on them because of their lack of, uh, I guess, uh, unique ability, their lack of uh, downhill penetration. You got Jimmy and you got Tyler and they're good. And you got Bam, obviously, but and, and Jimmy was missing. But um, they do have a lot of off ball movement. They do make you think there's a lot of slips, a lot of cuts. And to the Raptors credit, once again, this was one of their more complete defensive games we've seen in a little bit. Yeah, I think the, the, the thing with defense is this. You can be, two things can be right at once. And defensively, mm-hmm. you can be selfish and you can be unselfish. When you when you combine the two, I think that's when you're a good defensive team because the selfish yeah. side comes from, I'm stopping the man in front of me, right? I'm, I'm taking yeah. this, 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 this challenge in front of me. Um, and selfishly, I'm not, I'm going to win this matchup right here, mm-hmm. right? Now, the unselfish side is, okay, if they're if you have a great offensive player and they create an advantage or they get by that, that primary defense, 
I'm unselfish enough to step up for my teammate and help them. Right. And I think we, yep. we got to see a lot of that there. And you need that to win basketball games. You always we always talk about defense wins championships. Well, yeah, defense supports a good offense to win championships. Yes. Now you've got to be unselfish and selfish at both ends mm. you know, to have to have that success. And I think that that stems from one, just win, guarding your yard. I always like to say guard your yard, win your matchup. I like that saying. And, you know, your help defense should be secondary, yeah. right? We don't want to get into a, a situation where we're, we're relying on that. And I think, you know, across the, the NBA and Eric Spolcher has been, has been, has gone on, on note to say this as well. The whole NBA is trying to figure out how to, to play defense right now. You look at some of these scores, 120, 140, one, you know, 130. 40 bombs every single day. It seems bombs like. everywhere. But yeah. we've also gotten to this, this brand of ball where we just switch everything. Right. So naturally, it's just instinct that if I think a switch is coming, I'm just going to be a bit more relaxed. I'm not as aggressive. I'm not as intense upon the basketball. Yeah. Well, no, I think from from just a foundational standpoint, if we start in training camp where man to man, like I'm guarding mine and a switch is secondary, mm. you, you've taken care of your business. Not sure. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm going to funnel this offensive player over to the yeah. next man here. Then, you know, these guys are too great. They're too good of offensive players and too creative. But yeah, they split these, you know, the step backs. Mm. The they have created ways of a multitude yeah. of ways of creating shots for themselves. No question. And there are occasions as well, I mean, that you just probably have to switch, yeah. right? Because uh, the, the person that's screening is just too good of a screener and you can't get through it. And so you do have to switch. And then the talking has to happen. And a yeah. couple of days ago, uh, Vivek Jacob, he asked Pascal about, you know, Christian Coloco and like what makes him a good defender. And um, Pascal mentioned his communication. And then he also kind of said, you know, we all can be a little bit better about that with our defense. You know, it seems like sometimes we're a little bit, you know, focused on our own matchup and not talking enough on defense, you know, calling out those switches and, you know, here's a low man here's a cutter, you know, that kind of stuff. And if you're not doing that, then again, like you're going to eventually fall behind, but against the Miami heat, because they have so much movement, if you don't do that, you're going to be in a lot of trouble. And like your scram switching, your peel switching, it has to be on point. You go, you have two guys go to the ball. All of a sudden there's a cutter going towards the basket, two points. And yesterday, once again, um, they did a good job. They were on it. There was a possession. I wanted to mention this, that there was a possession that Ka uh, Kevin Love, he posted up Fred Van Bleet. And when I saw it, I'm like, all right, this is one of their, you know, finally the Miami Heat have a, a mismatch. And then what did Fred do? He just poked the ball out of his hands and wrapped it the other way. Hilarious. <laughs> That's tough. That's tough. Um, yeah, but uh, encouraging results yesterday. Um, I guess just uh, in terms of keeping the momentum going for this team, and uh, now they head into the Philadelphia 76ers. We're going to get to that in a second, but we should note just so we know that uh, at this moment, we don't know if Joel Embiid and James Harden are going to play. Um, they're questionable for tonight's game, um, so we'll see. And I believe uh, they both missed the game against the Nuggets, which the 76ers almost beat the Nuggets when they were healthy. What's up yeah. with that? Yeah. <laughs> what? It's, it's funny because I've seen that and then, it was all that chatter before about, you know, Embiid not playing and Jokic, and this is supposed to be yeah. that, that matchup there to solidify who's, who is the MVP. And I think that conversation is going to go on forever, but you're right. I almost seen Philly shorthanded, and James had sat out that game, I believe, Embiid out that game and almost pulled that out there. But we're coming down the stretch here. It's going to be interesting because these last mm -hmm. games, some of those teams that have already established themselves as top seeds, yeah, they're gonna be plugging and playing with the roster, right? And then I think even mm -hmm. for the Raptors, you look at how things may wind up for them. I believe they have Boston, you know, twice at the end of the season, and in Milwaukee, 
who's yep. going to be playing for those those teams, right? And we're still yeah. jostling for position, play-in position. So mm-hmm. with that playing position comes a little home court, right, for those sure. spots there. So it'll be interesting down the stretch. Um, yeah, this is where this is where like what the people in your locker room they they've got to care, right? And uh-huh. this is where I think for the Raptors as well, you know, they've gone through a tumultuous season, up downs, the 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 criticism, the you know the the playing below the standard that they have set for themselves and the expectations that others have set for themselves. Well, yeah, a couple more games left. Them them when that locker room shuts. You got to think for those guys and those guys only in there, right? And everybody's going to want it. And there's a bit more cohesion, it feels like, on this team. Maybe because they're no longer losing as many games. They got pretty bad their points, man. Like, we're going to practice, and I see their faces. I'm like, good God, man. Well, <laughs> smile, listen, please. Losing, Someone smile. Listen, losing is not fun. It is. yeah. Losing sure, is not fun. Sure. And the reality yeah. is losing yeah. impacts everybody, right? Yeah. Play for the team aspect, but at the same token – Everybody, everybody that's involved in the organization, everybody that play, steps on the court, you have personal yeah. agendas too. And that is fine. Like everybody has their goals. Everybody has their aspirations. Everybody wants to get their pockets greased as well. That is absolutely fine. Mm-hmm. Those are a big part of why everybody, you know, is a part of sport, like this sports yeah. in general, right? Um, and when you're losing, it affects that. It impacts that negatively. So everybody starts to start thinking, everybody starts thinking about their own personal agendas and, you know, derails you a bit. But again, winning solves, like you got to fi- have good leaders that mm. reel everybody back in and puts the team goal and the team aspirations ahead of everything. And once yeah. those, that fits, you know, everything starts to align. But I, I agree with you going into practices, sometimes even before in warmups, before games, just the, the, the energy, right. And it mm-hmm. permeates throughout the arena as well and you could there was times where a shot was missed missed and you could hear the whole arena gasp yeah and it's like oh my goodness we are going through another it. one <laughs> yeah you start to string together one. some wins yeah the energy shifts the 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 good mojo yeah. starts happening and there's some good juice around around the building around the arena around the organization and you know i think i i tip my hat to the front office because they stay true to themselves they stay they trusted this group Mm-hmm. Um, the addition of Pirtle, which I think is a big part of that locker room, the change in the locker room as well, um, and the energy, because everybody says he's a great person. He's, you know, he's full of jokes and yeah, next with everybody. He's like just reuniting with family. Yeah, sure. And uh, anyone who missed it, I, I spoke to Jeff Doughton Jr. a couple of days ago, and it was a great conversation, but I, I thought it was interesting. I asked him just jokingly, you know, who's your best friend on the Raptors? And he decided, you know, to not answer the question, which I understand. I mean, I wasn't asking like as a real, you know, I was trying to investigate a reporter kind of thing. I was just curious if there was a person, but he was just saying that, you know, the guys are so nice. Everyone's so, uh, so cool. I'm going to get along with everyone, which I mean, in a season that has been like this, it's encouraging to hear a person say that, you know, it's his first real like true uh time with the toronto raptors actually really is and uh he's been getting more and more minutes over the past little while so he's spending more time with the big club and that's what his takeaway was so that was a nice thing to hear i mean it did feel like you know at times even though the season wasn't going well that there was still a cohesion amongst the players it seemed like the players liked each other right um maybe the spirit wasn't there always but there wasn't like a discontent between the guys um and now since yak got there obviously um they fill the hole and um they're looking a lot like a decent nba team great maybe not but they look like a a team that could have you know probably been in the top six had they had yak the whole season yeah i think you know when you especially when you you take into account what 
was all transpiring leading up to, to the trade deadline, right? There were so many rumors about so many different players. Yeah. You're looking over your shoulder every day. Is it me? Mm. Like, or is it you? Or is it my, you know, who the guy I'm, I'm sharing, I'm right beside in your locker, in the locker room. And we, we as, as enthusiasts, as, as fans, we also don't take into account that these players' families are impacted as well. Yes. Right. So it is. If I get traded tomorrow, it's not just I'm I'm picking up my bags and I'm I'm going over to Miami or or Philly. Mm. It's my my family, my wife, my kids are all being uprooted too. So it's much bigger than basketball at that moment. So yeah, you know, there's a lot weighted on these guys' shoulders at that time. At that especially specifically at that point in the season when we weren't getting wins. There's so many rumors going on, and yeah, we're all on our phones on social media daily. You're seeing all of this. It is hard to just negate the impact that it's going to have on you psychologically. You get past that, and one, it's a breath of fresh air, but two, you start to pile on some wins, and then three, you start to see, like, okay, how the standings are, are playing out and other mm-hmm. teams are trending, in, in, you know, down into the basement, and you're trending upwards. So it gives you a bit more confidence. You're a bit more passionate. You're a bit more enthusiastic, and it, there's, there's a bit more optimism when you're looking at how you're playing versus how some other teams are playing. And it's it's just different points in the season. So you've got to have thick skin. You have, you got to have a tough stomach to weather, you know, the storms. It's an 82 game yeah. season. For us, it's it's fun. We sit back, we enjoy it. You know, you eat popcorn, you have a drink while you're watching the game. For these guys, this is this is their livelihood. Yeah. I do that as well. Not popcorn, but I do <laughs> drink a couple of uh, <laughs> beverages while I watch some games. Not all games, but some games certainly when I'm not uh, obviously under the, on the clock or anything like that. Anyways, okay, so best and worst playing matchups. So there are four teams that the Raptors could seemingly play. We got the the Hawks. Um, the Raptors are one and two against them. The Bulls, the Raptors are two and one against them. The Miami Heat, uh, the Raptors are three and one versus them. And then the Brooklyn Nets, the Raptors are 0 and four, but that was, you know, before all the trades happened. Yeah. So I guess between those four teams, who do you think is the worst playing matchup for the Toronto Raptors? And we'll kind of work our way around, but just you're off the top. What do you think? If I had to, if I had to give you the answer today, um, yes. you know, I, I just watched the Raptors dismantle Miami last night. Um, yeah. So I just think right now they're playing the best basketball. So I'm not too concerned with who the opponent is in front of them. Okay. Um, and I don't think they would be either. I think they believe in everybody in the locker room. I think they know yes. it's probably underachieved for the, you know, the the better portion of the season. And mm-hmm. now you have the last lap to really, you know, really write that wrong there or or yeah. rewrite your your narrative. Um if I was gonna say maybe one team, I think the fact that Trey Young can go off for 50 any night, um yeah. that's always going to be dangerous. Um, yep. so I, I, if I had to choose one scenario, maybe, maybe Atlanta, but I, I personally don't fear any of those teams mm. in, in that conversation. I don't think, you know, just looking at Miami right now, they, they look a bit disjointed, um, Brooklyn, you know, they, they've probably played better than I imagine they would post KD and, yes. and uh, so I, I definitely give them commandment and give them their, their flowers as well. But in terms of playing the best basketball right now, uh, I would have to go with the Raptors. And I think they're more fear than than their opponents may, may be, right? Mm. If, I'm, if I'm an opposing team, I don't want to play the Toronto Raptors because 
we know that they should probably be, you know, five, four, five, yeah. six in, in that conversation. Yeah, I hear that. Um, I would say as well, um, the, the Atlanta Hawks, because they have Trey Young, um, he's gone off against the Raptors a few times now. Um, in the first matchup, he had, he shot three of 13, then the two following that 33. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Points, and then he had 29 and 9, and Clint Capello has been a factor in both those games. But again, you haven't faced them with Yaka Pertle um, on your roster and you just feel like, you know, if if the Raptors, you know, they decide to, in a playing situation where it's, you know, winner take all, um, either win or go home, they're probably going to put, you know, uh, OG and Anobi on Trey for the whole game, right? Mm-hmm. But then, okay, then what do you do with Fred against DeJounte Murray? Because that's what happened in the previous matchup. They were just going back and forth, just attacking Fred, and eh, that's not great. But at the very least, you have um, Jakob Pertl as your stay-at-home as your, your low man, your rim protector. And that's obviously going to help. And it will help, you know, ensure that Clint Capella doesn't go off in his own way. I mean, he's Trey Young and Clint, they have a great pick and roll. They're very good uh, at uh, getting the most out of each other. Okay. Yeah. 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 Put OG on everybody. (laughs) Just put all five OGs out there and let him go. Yeah. They got a few players coming off their bench now that have additional size and, you know, Kongu, uh, Sadiq Bey, some players that could, you know, present a problem for the Toronto Raptors, right? Because they're pretty physical. They're, they're, they're strong in their own way. So that would be the matchup that actually does concern me a little bit because you got the star power. You could say that Trey Young is going to be the best player in that, uh, in that game. And then, you know, coaching experience, Quinn Snyder, he's still getting his ropes, but he's still a pretty damn co- good coach. And then the depth of the Atlanta Hawks has improved. But then outside of that, you know, the Heat don't really scare me. I like Jimmy Butler. I think, you know, playoff Jimmy is a real thing. You know, we got Jimmy Butler. Well, we got OG Ananobi. So yeah. case closed to me. And yeah. then it's kind of like that. Uh, the Bulls are interesting because uh, I think the Raptors, they're pretty confident against you know, DeMar DeRozan. Again, you have OG Ananobi. And then just a, a series of, you know, rangy forwards that could guard DeMar. But Zach Levine is one that kind of scares me. The Raptors have had trouble with quicker guards, right? Yes. That's yeah. been the MO. And he's also a little bit taller than he's not Trey Young. He's got some size to him. He's very fast, very agile. He can drop 50 on you. And while DeMar could do it too, in that kind of a game, I think it's more likely that Zach would do it than DeMar, if you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Different points in their career, right? I think yeah. DeMar, and I always say this, when you're at when you have different, when you're at different age, uh when you start to hit that 30 plus mark and, mm. you know, and I think you're even seeing it with Kyle now with him coming off the bench for Miami, right? Yeah. Great players. You don't, you don't want to take anything away from what they've done over their career, but there's a difference in motivation and, mm. and just ability. Father time is undefeated. 
between a guy that is mid twenties yeah. to a guy that is, you know, 30 and has a ton of mileage for playing eight, nine, 10 years in this league. So sure. um, you're right. Zach Levine, is he capable more than capable and probably, you know, a bigger threat than DeMar at this point, but that's just, you know, that's mileage and, and motivation at this point in their careers. Yeah. Um, in that previous matchup where the Raptors won by, I think, four or five, it was kind of a close game against the Bulls. And now, since they got Patrick Beverly, they do have a bit more compete to their game, a bit more snarl aggression, which is good for them. Um, but in the end, you still have Alex Caruso and Patrick Beverly as your backward. I think that is still uh, what they're rolling with, or at least that's probably how they're closing games. And maybe Patrick Williams factors into that sometimes, but that's pretty small. Um, and size is a problem. It's going to be yeah, a problem. Yeah. I, I, and, you know, you, you add Patrick Beverly to that mix there, and you, and you mentioned Caruso. I think they're they're great defensively. Yeah. But they still don't have a, a in my opinion, a lead guard that can get can balance. Okay, you need to get sure. the basketball. You need to get the yeah. ball. You need to get um, DeMar. Is DeMar basketball. doing that right now? Last night yeah. he had, like, last game he had 17, 6, and 10 right. against so, the Lakers, I mean, right? That so. also takes away from some of the best elements of his game. So, yeah. you know, is that a great addition? That's a good addition? Yeah, sure. Is Does that move the needle or put them over the hump? I don't think so because you still mm -hmm. need – and I think that's where, you know, a lot of Raptors fans may have gained a little bit more appreciation for, for Fred this season because, you know, they were hard on him when he wasn't playing well um, yeah. and not shooting the ball well, but – you also do get to see where, okay, now when he, he looks a bit healthier, he's a bit more active, he's a bit more aggressive. It's it's a world of difference in, sure. in terms of how this team operates, right? He's one of the, mm -hmm. he's a, a skilled guy. He's one of the guys that can get the ball into the second line of the defense, has the skill to keep the ball alive and make decisions at yeah. the same time while being a scoring threat. Now, those type of players is, you know, you look around the league, and they're they're really hard to come by. Good guards are really hard to mm -hmm. come by. You look at the difference. You look at the difference that Jalen Brunson has made in New York, right? And that's that's yeah. another subtle change. He probably didn't get the the recognition he deserved in Dallas. And I think yeah. Dallas may be, you know, taking heed to that now and feeling some of that now. But you you get him on a Knicks team and just mm -hmm. having that type of guard that can again, like I'm saying, skilled enough, you know, to capable of making a shot, creating a shot for themselves, creating a shot for others, creating the ability to use a ball screen, get to that second line of defense yeah. and help others, right? There's a lot of value in that. And uh, again, that uh, Fred and Yak pick and roll has been pretty good for the Raptors. They didn't have to use it too much against the Heat yesterday because of the size mismatches we talked about. But the last time that the Raptors faced the Bulls, Fred shot one of nine from three, one of 11 overall, had three points. And it was a six-point game. So you can imagine the impact he would have had had he made some of those shots. It was a struggle, you know, struggle game. And I guess, you know, struggles can continue in the playing tournament too, but he is playing pretty well right now. Um, so that's great to see. And also, interesting thing that I, I learned yesterday, I was uh, with Oren Weisfeld. We were sitting in the, the top uh, 600 level. And uh, Fred just you know, pulled off this like acrobatic layup. And he's like, man, I wonder what Fred's shooting um, at the rim over the past little while. And so we looked it up. 68% since February 1st within four feet from the basket. And on the season, it's 57%, which is a career high. So, yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's interesting because yeah. he took a lot of flack, a lot of criticism earlier for his inability to finish at the rim. Um, yeah. he, wasn't, he wasn't shooting the three ball at the clip that we're accustomed, accustomed to seeing him shoot it. Uh, but you you think about that right now. And with with Perto, who is, and I believe he still is, shooting the basketball at a 60% clip around the rim, yeah, he gives you a big target, a big presence. And it's, if he catches it in those areas, 
he's finishing it. That's a that's mm-hmm. a guarantee. You can just get back on on defense. Everybody in in white yeah. shirts and Raptors jerseys get back on defense and opposing team set up your offense. Now you mentioned the the connection between he and Fred. You think about that. You have a guy now that you're getting a ball screen action with, and he's rolling to the basket. He's finishing at a 60, 70 percent clip. Yeah, defenses have to adjust to that. They have to gamble. Are you are you going to stop the penetration on this drive, or you you crack him back and and stopping this roller? Right, mm-hmm. so giving Fred more options, and now when you have that presence <laughs> and you have that weak side that can is shooting the ball better, and you know Gary being one of those guys, and OG stepping up and making shots. You have that weak side that you know has to make a decision too. Where they are they covering the three or they stem, stepping up on a roller? Yeah, that opens up the lanes a bit more for Fred, and it negates that that size that you know we we often speak about him being an undersized guard because at that point it's just him in the basket. He can do that. And you mentioned OG eighteen point nine points in the month of March. He's shooting fifty six percent. He's shooting 47, 48. Let's round up. 48% from three on the month on six attempts per game. Um, he's been crazy. He's been really, really, really solid for them. Um, it seems like his hand is uh, is all right. Uh, Nick Nurse had alluded to that being a problem for him. His hand, finger, a whole bunch of things. Um, before it was OG and getting hit in the face, now it's his hands. Um, then be the breaks, but uh, he's been firing all cylinders. And you just love the idea of, you know, once Gary comes back, you got Gary on one corner, OG on the other. Um, and some, you know, um, sporadic minutes in certain in some rotations, but uh, that's going to be a great way to, you know, extend the floor, uh, make teams think, make teams really have to make some hard decisions with that Jakob and Fred pick and roll. And if it was the Bulls in the play in tournament, I think that pick and roll would be used a lot. And I think it would be pretty, pretty good for the Toronto Raptors. I don't think pretty Fred's going to shoot one of nine again. Yeah. Pretty efficient. And as we're inching closer and closer to the end of the season, you know, you're talking about some of those guys' numbers and the shooting numbers, you know, increasing. This is the right time, right? You want to get, and we, earlier in the year, you'd have two two out of five top eight guys playing well, three out of the top eight playing well. Mm -hmm. Well, I think yesterday we seen four of the top eight play well, right? Mm -hmm. And if you can continue to increase that number by the time you you hit the playoff play in and hit your stride we're talking about six seven guys clicking on every night every game yeah. where it matters where it's win or 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 go home right so it's yeah. always you always want to be trending and peaking at the right time in the season and i tell you you finish strong and nobody nobody remembers anything from the last 82 games or at the end of october on so you know they're 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 going in the right direction right now yeah the starting lineup with Jakob Pertl, Fred, Pascal, OG, and Scotty. They're in the 79th percentile in terms of point differential um, as a starting lineup. So that's going to be used a lot in any playing situation. And in the month of March, the Raptors are fifth in defense. So not too shabby there. They're certainly getting better in the half-court offense. Remains probably their their pitfall at the moment. And uh, they're uh, 15th, 14th in that category in the month of March. But there's there's reasons to believe it's going to get a little bit better. Um, before we get to the 76 I wanted to ask you about Pascal Siakam. Uh, you know, he's been, had some struggles of late and uh, what is the root of them? I was just looking at his numbers and I see that he's shooting 25% from three in the month of March. Not great. You know, he's uh, at one point this season, he was uh, at 35%. And so that number going down with him also taking more threes because of his role changing in the offense. As you know, that's the, this is the product we're seeing. This is what it is. But uh, past few games, we're seeing him find a stride a little bit. Granted, against some lesser opponents, where have, they have some small players that he can take advantage of, but still. Well, Pascal is is you know we we see him as the best scorer on this team, the best player on this team. Yeah, 
We also have to acknowledge he's a rhythm guy, right? Even the way he scores the basketball, like he needs a couple dribbles to get up into his jump shot. And some guys are rhythm guys. Some guys just are spot up guys. Yeah. I think it goes, so it, it aligns perfectly with his game, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, the stretches where Pascal's playing really well and he can give you 30 on, you know, consecutive nights. There's times where, you know, you'll have two or three games where, okay, shot's not dropping or the defenses are focusing on him. He'll turn the ball over a bit or he'll try and, you know, he wants it so bad because he's he wants to win. Right? Yeah. It's almost like holding water sometimes where he knows, okay, for this team to be successful, I need to score. He'll sometimes force a little bit too much. Um, mm-hmm. But it is not coming from a selfish place. It's coming from a desire and a will to win. And he's been, that's what he's been for this team, the primary score, the feature guy. Yes. You also factor in, he is the feature player on this team. So defenses come in game, night in, night out, and they game plan for Pascal to get him out of the game, right? Mm-hmm. Our coaching staff is great. We have to give credit to some of the other coaching staffs and other sure. staff departments as well, right? That, their, their job is to slow down opposing teams, yeah. devise a game plan to slow down opposing teams, feature player, or you know, a lot of future player to turn into a, be the score and negate everybody else. Right. Yeah. Um, but I think for Pascal, it's, you know, there's going to be highs, there's going to be lows. He's played a really good season, right? He's been, you know, mm-hmm. at the peak for seven, six, seven months of the season. And yeah. then you, you hit a point where there's also fatigue. There's also the other team's game plan. There's also the adjustment to the new style of play. We're going to a bit more pick and roll as opposed to ISOing Pascal. Yeah. In, 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 you know, the elbow areas, free throw line areas or mid post where he wants and just allowing him to go to work. So there's a combination of things, but what you give him credit for is his ability to adapt, right? And you've never heard him sulk about it. You've never heard him, you know, speak any sort of way about his teammates Mm -hmm. or his his coaching staff or anything. He's just, okay, how do I, how do I get better? How do I, you know, continue to engage myself? How do I continue to contribute? Yeah. you know, I, I just even love watching him work out before the games, right? It's not a, I'm not just walking through and sauntering through this little workout. He goes through a full workout with uh, Coach Rico Hines before every game where he gets mm-hmm. a full sweat, goes through all his moves, goes through, goes through all his, you know, his motions. And then he gets into the game and it's just drill work. So, yeah, yeah there's ups, there's downs. Um, it's Pascal and we we have to be frank as well. It's Pascal guy that is knocking down a the three ball at a 40% clip. No, he's one of the guys that score his, his points mm-hmm. from all three levels. Right. Yeah. He was, he's not just limited to the three, to the shooting the three ball. So we have to be fair to him as well. It's going to be highs. It's going to be lows. He's a yeah. rhythm. Kevin Durant said, man, you practice like you play in the game, yeah. right? That's where there's no, no transitions, no nothing like that. Everything feels the exact same. Two baskets yesterday, which caught my eye was one. Um, they had Pascal run off a few stagger screens. I think it was from Jakob and Scotty towards the opposing. Uh, you think you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And then he took a dribble and he hit a shot over Tyler Hero. Um, the Raptors haven't utilized him in movement as much as they probably should just to get him open space. And, you know, as you said, get into a rhythm with his steps going towards the basket. And so that one caught my eye. And also uh, another one where Fred was doubled. He had a pocket pass to Yaka Pertle around the baseline area and then 
Pascal on the opposing baseline. He cuts towards the paint, a nice little curling cut, and then he is able to get fouled. And he didn't hit the shot, but it's stuff like that. I'm like, you don't need to hang out at the three-point line. Like, you can definitely make a cut just like you did it back in your, your early days and just get into the paint. And um, when the space is there, like, that's where you want Pascal. I mean, granted, maybe it's a it's an open shot, but you want Pascal Siakam in the paint. And finding ways, again, to uh, use Yaka Pertl, and Pascal Siakam and get Pascal open shots, um, especially around the paint, is going to help the Raptors offense and also help him get into a rhythm. Well, think about all the versatility in just those two sequences you mentioned, right? You're talking about scoring coming off a stagger screen, and you're also yeah. talking about scoring on a weak side cut coming off of a, a, a curl, right? A, yeah. a, subtle, a shallow curl action. Um, and he's none of those are his bread and butter, right? So you're just mm-hmm. adding to the mix right you're just yeah it's just, you're just mixing and stirring there right and I think from a coaching standpoint right you play 80 percent of the season or 90 percent of the season you don't show the other 29 teams everything in your bag right mm. like you get to this point and then now you start to okay let's explore a bit more let's let's try yeah. a bit more um because you're not going to be going to play in playoff situations where you want to have okay your bread and butter you want to have your 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 fundamental um plays and sets and so forth but you also want to have some stuff that you teams have not seen have not scouted and is Mm -hmm. going to new to them at that point so at this portion of the season um you know that you're josh justin for one or two positions you have the the opportunity to explore the a bit more give guys some guys some different looks or get guys in some situations where um you see or think they can be successful even you know just getting you know, Precious into the game earlier yesterday and getting him active earlier against his former team, just knowing, okay, this matchup might might suit him better. And yeah. so, so done. He comes out, plays with confidence. Um, but it's that. Like, it's not always, you know, Pascal needs to score more this way, needs to score more that way. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just he's working within the confinement of the offense. And now the offense may explore a bit more. You've established what you can do in a pick-and-roll situation with Fred and Pirtle, um, you know, Pascal found himself in that mix as well. Yep. Now, how can, how can we utilize everybody? How can we get everybody involved at the same time? 100%. Um, these are all growing steps, and they're all good. You just, you've, it's unfortunate the Raptors are eventually going to run out of time. Because you want to see what this team, if this was at the 40-game mark, you know, what would they be at 60 with Yaka Pirtle? But it'd be what it'd be. There will always be next season. Let's talk about this 76ers game coming up on Friday. And so, as I said earlier, yeah, uh, we don't know if Joel Embiid at this point, if Joel Embiid and James Harden are going to play tonight. And as we are talking about, you know, a, a coach keeping their chips close, you know, preserving their players for the playoffs, Doc Rivers has already said that, you know, my goal is to make sure that those two are as healthy as possible come playoff time. And a matchup against the Raptors might be a game where maybe you want to sit your players a little bit. Um I'm sure I'm sure if OG's looking at the matchup and he's seeing Embiid on the other side he's saying, listen, you guys can sit, sit this one. I don't need yeah, to be wrestling yeah, with true, I don't need to be true. wrestling in the post with, yeah. with Embiid and then switching out onto Harden. You guys, listen, take all the rest you can. <laughs> 76ers, they have a two-game cushion on the Cavaliers for third. Now, do, how much does third and fourth matter? I mean, it's not much of a difference. I don't think your second round matchup is going to be hard regardless. Yeah. Um, with Milwaukee or or Boston, but uh, that's the situation. 
And for the Raptors, obviously, every single game is pivotal on Friday, just so you guys know. Atlanta and the Brooklyn Nets play each other. So now we are, you know, we're, we're watching every game. Maybe the Raptors aren't, but I was in the media room yesterday and we were watching the ending of that Cavaliers and Hawks game. Um, I can't believe the play that they ran for Donovan Mitchell when they were down two. It's just like they ran nothing. Yeah. Ran nothing and nothing happened. Then he took a contested three and, well, there you go. That's it. It's like, okay, cool. Thanks for trying. It's funny how all this, and we say it every year too, um, but it just seems like those last couple of games are the exact matchups that you'd be in playoffs or the exact matchups that you you need for your job. Is that the truth? Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like the NBA sets this up, but they set it up every year and we say it every year. It's just, just the way things play out. Man. There's so much parity yeah. now. Indeed. So, but assuming that the 76ers are healthy, because they might be, I mean, like everything we're talking about, okay, but you still want to keep your team in rhythm. Um, and that's, that's pretty important. Uh, so with Yaka Pirtle now in play, the Raptors haven't had that in a matchup against Joel Embiid for a few years. I'm talking about just a, a rim protecting big an actual center. Um, how do you think that changes that kind of matchup for the Toronto Raptors? Um, it's funny because I think a couple of weeks ago, you know, we had Pirtle and we still yep. used OG on Jokic. And then we brought, um, hurdle over to, to double team right and mm. i thought that was i thought that was a pretty neat um it's interesting right, right? There yeah. because you have og that's probably stronger and can hold off um both Jokic and Embiid, and then you have a bigger defender coming on the top coming on the top side with longer arms to take away mm. uh, passing lanes right yeah chance of getting deflection so you know it'd be interesting to see what uh the game plan is there do you are you playing him you know, one-on-one -on -one up front first, or are are you going with that same game plan where yeah. you're sending OG initially and, and Pirtle coming to help on the double team, or mm -hmm. it's not doubling. You have a big, much bigger defender clogging up the lane. So, yeah. um, you know, deters you from getting to the basket, but it also gives you a bigger target and bigger um, opportunity to deflect passes going outside. So, mm -hmm. I'd be interesting, really interesting to see. And also, again, to my point before is this is also the point in the season where you, you get to experiment a, a bit more, right? Yeah. So we may see something completely different that we, we haven't seen. I know earlier in the season, we've seen, um, we've seen the Raptors double James Harden right out, right over half, right? And just get the ball mm -hmm. out, of his, out of his hands, right? So we've seen, you know, Nick Nurse is great at that. He throws a kitchen sink at you. He's the mad scientist. And I think if you're, if I'm, if I'm a young coach, I, I I look forward to these games to see what yeah. he's put out of the bag and what tricks he's um he's using. In the two games against Embiid uh this season, he was with the Spurs, but uh in those games, Embiid had 40 and 33. Obviously great numbers, but he's also averaging 33 a game. So that's how good he is. <laughs> that is the reality. But in the first matchup, I thought this was good, is that uh Jakob got in foul trouble. He had five fouls. Next game around, he only had three. And you could tell, just looking at some of uh, the footage earlier today, is that he was much more composed. And uh, keeping Joel Embiid off the line is half the battle, along with James Harden. So um, you feel good about the possibility of at least Yak just like being containing, being a good base. And then obviously the Raptors, they're going to stunt and recover. They're going to dig. They're going to just crowd uh, Joel Embiid. And Fred Van Vliet is going to be at the center of it. And also, you know, the James Harden, Embiid pick and roll. You mentioned OG and Anobi, and if you have like a Scotty Barnes and OG in that action, so Scotty's guarding Harden and OG is guarding Embiid, you feel good about just switching that straight up, and that way you're just nullifying that a little bit, and then again you still have um, Jakob Pertl 
as your rim protectors. So to your point, like that could be something interesting too, but I'm sure they're going to throw a lot of different things at him. Um, I'm just curious how the Raptors uh, decide to go about it. And just like this, what does Jakobertl do in this matchup? I'll, I'll say this. If we're talking about a potential MVP, um, talking about a guy that's probably playing the best basketball he's played. Yeah. You don't shut down Embiid. Of right? course not. He's no. too strong. No. He's no. too big. He's yeah. too versatile. Um, what I, I think what you hope is that you wear him down, uh, you beat him up a bit. And we've seen, we've also seen him just take plays off before. We've seen him check out when it becomes too much. But if you're, if anybody's going into this game and expecting um, the Raptors to say, listen, we are holding Joel Embiid to a goose egg, they have another thing coming. I can Marcus promise. is not coming through that door. <laughs> Marcus is not coming through that door. Yeah, and yeah. Embiid has he's he's on he's on a mission right now, right? The, the yeah, whole he's incredible. race, whole MVP conversation. Yeah. Every time he steps between those lines, he's coming for business. It's 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 a business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But to that point, you know, I think we've seen a you know a display, great display of defense yesterday. And OG is a great defender. Um, I think you're you're versatile when everybody's engaged. But I'll tell you this much: when Scotty Barnes is playing and through his basketball and he's playing passionate. And like last playing. night? Yeah. Like last night. There's a, it's a world of difference with this team, right? It, it yes. he gives, he's one of those guys. And I say this all the time. His biggest skill is the fact that his energy is contagious, right? Not everybody has that, that innate ability to have that infectious personality. Infectious. Or just that gear, like his that, gear is right. different. It's, yeah. And you can yeah. see when Scotty's engaged, he's smiling. He's he's enjoying playing the basketball. So are his teammates. So yeah. are the fans. When wh- whether you're winning or losing, so are the fans in the arena. Right? There's just this this yeah. promise, this fight, this conviction that comes along with that. And I think you know, talking about his his skill, his touch, his his length, his ability to pass. No, his biggest asset is his ability to to energize and invigorate his teammates. Mm-hmm. It's similar to Draymond Green, who, by the way, um, a few games ago went up against Joel Embiid, and uh, apparently on the court, Embiid said, uh, "Like you know, why I did this to you because he had forty six nine and eight. He's like, because you said that, you know, Nikola Jokic was like the hardest player to guard or something right, like that, yeah. and so Joel went off for forty six nine and eight. They lost the game, the 76ers, but I mean, that's the power of uh, Joel Embiid. Yeah, Draymond Green is like one of the best good. defenders." We've ever You're seen really good if you can step into a yeah. game and say today I'm going to go for 40, 10, and 10, or whatever the whatever the yeah, numbers were. Ridiculous. Like you yeah. made that choice. Yeah. Because yeah. we can all make a choice right now, or mm. over 300 players in the NBA. They could decide that they want to step on this court today and score 20, and they and 90% of them can't do it. Right? It's yeah. the best, best league in the world. Now, for the fact that Embiid says I'm going to go for 40 on you and, and does it, made that choice. <laughs> He's a player, he can go. He's damn good. He's damn good. Uh, that's the defensive side. Offensively, I'm not sure if anything comes to mind for you, but uh, I just want to see the Raptors continue to, you know, utilize um, the, those short passes to find ways to cut towards the basket to uh, see what they can do against, you know, Joel Embiid. Can they finally get Joel Embiid to the level, right? Can the Fred Van Vliet, you know, be a threat from the three-point line, extend Joel Embiid? Can they use some offense uh, on the weak side around the paint to uh, to get some easy easy cuts for like, you know, a Pascal, a, a Scotty, an OG, get it another level um, on, on the offensive end against a really good defensive team. Javon, what's new? Anything coming up for you? Anything you want to shout out? Or is it just, uh, let's get these playoffs going? <laughs> let's get going. these playoffs going. Let's get, let's get this. First of all, let's take 
Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Here to play in. Let's get to yes. the playoffs and let's make some magic happen. True. True. Okay, everyone. Um, everyone have a good weekend. Hopefully the Raptors do beat the 76ers. I feel I think every time I say something like that, like uh hopefully the Raptors beat so-and-so team, they end up losing. So I'm gonna stop myself. Just have a good weekend. Okay, how about that? Just have a good weekend. Um, <laughs> enjoy yourselves. We'll talk soon. Thanks, Javon. Thank you.